Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Chelsea, and I want you to create a happy family. I use my background in Western and Eastern medicine, birth, and ancient yogic practices to help the modern mother learn how to live a healthier life and create conscious children. This is your guide to fertility, conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Welcome back, everybody, to episode number six of Mystical Motherhood. Katerina's back with us, and as you know from previous episode, she's here sharing her journey into motherhood publicly so that we can all learn how to improve ourselves before we become pregnant. Each week, we take on a new subject that kind of comes on organically, and this week we wanted to look at body image and diet. Before the episode, I sent Katerina a list of questions. Some of them were about the way she feels about her body, and others were about how she approaches food. Some of the questions included, how do you feel about the way you look most of the time? What is the first memory that you have in regards to liking your body? Did the people in your family like their body, and how did they approach food? Have you ever suffered from an eating disorder? Do you recall memories from your childhood about your approach to food or the way that other people treated you and your body? So she looked at all these issues, and she sent me the answers to the questions, and she really didn't have any problems. But in this episode, you'll find out that it kind of came up in a different way at work. And so we work through that. We work through the way she feels, you know, insecurities. We work through guilt. And then we take a deep look at her diet and ways that she can improve it. I really, really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thanks so much. We're just going to do a check-in with Katerina, and then we're going to go on, and if we have time to get to... Um, issues with her food or diet and just keeping healthy while she's in the process of trying to become pregnant. So Katerina, I'm going to say what I saw, what I feel like I'm seeing with you right now. It's like, I feel like if you want to close your eyes. Yeah. So with you this week, I kind of feel like I, I see you in a room. It's like a lot, like last week you were just like a lot of energy was coming in and there was just a ton of light and you were just like reaching up to the heavens. But this week it feels like you're enclosed into a room and you're grabbing for the door and it's like your hands keep slipping and you can't get out. And I, it could be related to your job, um, but there's also a ton of frustration and worry and anxiety around some things. Do you want to go ahead and talk about that? Yeah, I think you hit it on you know the head right there because yesterday, um, obviously in, um, you know, in America, in the East coast is spring equinox, but yesterday, I don't know what happened to me, but it was just a bad day and it happened from the morning and I was kind of like going back and thinking about it. And, um, it was definitely work related. So this fear and stress and like judgment, Oh, came over me as soon as, um, every morning, every Tuesday morning, we have a sales meeting. And of course, like we go around the room and kind of say like your biggest, best thing. And, you know, people say like, you know, I closed this account and I have this six figure account and all of a sudden, I don't know why, but it just triggered me so bad. Shame. They're saying it's 
shame like no other. And like the entire day, I was just like disgusted the entire day. And from there on, no matter even how much I tried just to like be like, let it go, let it go, let it go. It would just, it would just keep coming back into this like cyclone of like negativity, like this vortex of just like guilt, shame, like disgustingness. And of course that triggers into every possible other thing as the day goes on. And by the end of the day, I literally, I spoke to my husband, he's traveling again. And um, here we have another huge snowstorm coming. So like, um, you know, I was driving home and I went to our local bakery and like, I wanted to get bread, but then, um, this park in the middle of Philadelphia is Rittenhouse Park. And it looks so beautiful because it was snowing and I just started crying and I called him and I was like, I hate that you're not here and I hate everything. And I'm like bawling, crying. Mm-hmm. So and he's like, and of course he's like, you know, he was busy. He hasn't spoken to me all day. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I hate all this. I hate it. Like, I just want to be left alone. So, Katarina, go inside. I want you to just picture this. Like, what, I, what I'm seeing is, like, it's a big table you're all sitting at, it feels like. And it's like, it's like the mirror's on you, you know? And then you want yeah. it to just shrink down. And it's really, really interesting. So, this week, I had Katarina... Write down issues she felt around her body. So, like, shame would be a shame and insecurity are the biggest issues that women feel, you know, in the Western culture. And yeah. and so I, it's interesting that I had you bring it up around your body, but you still, and you, you know, and so you were talking, it's like, so every subject we're going to talk about each week, it's going to come up in a different form. I promise yeah. you that. And right. so this week I wanted, before I, we're, you know, filming and meeting is, I wanted Katerina to look at her diet, which we're going to go over. And I also went into a lot of different questions about how she feels about her body and her history of feeling. And and then two main things would be shame and insecurity. And they may have not come up around the body, but they still came up. Do you see that that connection? It's funny. And I made that connection myself. I was like, as soon, because I did this Monday night by the time I sent it over to you. Mm -hmm. And that, because Monday I was feeling great, you know, I was like, oh, it's like, I feel good. You know, I had a great weekend. And then like Tuesday morning, my God, like I unleashed, you know. Yeah. So I unleashed my thoughts and then it just all came out to me. Yeah. So as we go through this process, Katerina, it's, mm-hmm. it's so much bigger than like, it's a lot. It's, this isn't going to be an easy thing. Like it's not oh. going to be like, you know, like it's, and for anyone who's going yeah. through the process or goes through this process with me of releasing all these things before you're pregnant or while you're pregnant or into motherhood to, so not, you don't pass this on to your children is that I can, I will trigger probably things within you. Like, so the body brings up shame and, and, and insecurity. That was my biggest thing I wanted to talk about this week, but it came out in a way that you probably weren't ready for. Right. right. And so I want to go into that moment. And so the questions just so, you know, the questions I sent to her was when, you know, when did you first realize, you know, feel bad about your body? Did your mom feel insecure about her body? Um, in the generational patterns before that, you know, did you see women that love themselves and what's your relationship with food? And so those kind of emotions, whatever they come up, whatever form they're in us, they're, they're, they're so important to release before you have a baby. So you don't pass that on to the child because it's right. like, what's the reason right. for feeling that? So I want you to go into the moment, close your eyes. Okay. 
And it's like everyone in the table, this is what I'm seeing at this table, right? So you're sitting at this table at, and you're already uncomfortable at work. It's somewhere you already want to leave, you know? Yeah. And so you, and so you're not putting as much effort in as everybody else, because in your life, you're really thinking your priority is I want to have a baby. I want to make a family. I want to get a job that works for me, but their priority is still their ego of like creating something in this job. That's not, that's more important to them. So does that feel true to you? Right? Yeah. And so they look like really, really tall, like monster, not monsters, but you know, like tall people. And you, you're just (laughs) shriveling up into this like shame and anxiety spiral. And that's what they keep saying. And it's like, you want to run out of the room or run out of the office, but the door won't even open for you right now. Does that feel true? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. That's how I like, that's the, actually the, I wouldn't say the first time I felt like, I literally, yesterday, I was like, I literally just want to get away. Just like, I was just like, want to get out of here right now and just not deal with this. And then where did you feel it in your body? Where do, like, where do you feel shame when, when you felt that? So other people can feel that too. Like when they feel that type of shame. Um, definitely in my chest, like my chest is like really heavy, but then it's also, um, in my like gut. Yeah. Like deep, deep down, not like a high, you know. Like, um, but definitely chest and mostly my gut. Shame does is what I understand of it is it catches the heart and then the, the power chakra and it just locks you in like a chain. Like if you imagine like you were to chain both and then it's like people can pull you around with that chain connected to those two chakra centers and almost control you throughout your day. And it would be like, if you were to be like walking, imagine in the past where you, they would chain you and you would walk around the village right and you would yeah um, you know that where the what's the lady who wear the red outfit it's like then everybody's um, looking the scarlet letter right and everybody's looking at you and in reality they're probably not they're probably just doing their own thing but it's like the judgment that everyone else puts on you that may or may not be real does that feel true yeah that's very true okay Let's go back in time to any other places in your life that you felt the shame and insecurity in your own body. Um, I mean, I feel like that's always kind of been my, uh, my thing. Um, one of the, you know, it really started ever since I was little, it's like around, I don't know, 10, 11. And I always remember, you know, starting to kind of react to my body and, you know, kind of, you know, compare myself to everything else or everyone else or everything else I see on TV. And of course, you know, you see on TV, just like advertisements should (laughs) these infomercials for fad diets and, um, uh, all this stuff. So, you know, in my mind, as I'm watching that in my room and I see how happy these people are and like the great life that they have and there's like, you know, the, you know, they lost this weight and now they transformed into this awesome, like, person and whatnot I remember like from there on I used to like judge myself and like work out like you know I just started like working out in my room thinking I'm gonna transform my body into that but I also remember like literally going in the kitchen and like throwing away like bread sugar like snacks not that even we had that much but in my mind um you know I was like this is what's gonna get me exactly to that so Literally since then, I want to say early, like, you know, teen, preteen years. Yes. 
now. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of like an unhealthy relationship, you know, with it never became to like an eating disorder or anything like that. I think I kind of went the other way of just like more neglecting like my feelings and just like everything. And I kind of try to just cover it with just like not the healthiest of foods and whatnot. So my body always like fluctuated, like especially during college times too, I like really gained weight. Mm -hmm. And then in, in college, I had like a really, my first two years, like freshman and sophomore, it was just like an unhealthy relationship between like myself, I guess like, you know, user sexuality and then like just food in general. I feel like that was just like, you know, the hardest. And then high school, it's funny, I became really skinny just because like I wanted to be like everybody else and like do all these sports and run, which I hate running. I don't even know why mm-hmm. <laughs> I chose track as one of my sports, but, um, so it was never like a healthy kind of medium. I always did something for like somebody else, you know? Yeah. Which is what you're doing right now in your job. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. so just if anyone's listening, mm-hmm. what I like to do with my clients and hopefully if you're at home, you're going to do this with yourself is you're going to look at your life as a bigger pattern. So, if we don't get back to like the core subconscious issues that happened to us in childhood, typically, and then or and take them out, we're going to repeat them over and over in different ways in our life. And you're going to begin to see that, Katerina, with everything yeah. you do every single week. You're going to be like, "Holy crap! I didn't know I was still doing that." Yeah, and it's like that shame and anxiety. It comes. It's going to come up in different forms all of the time, and like. And the being looked at at the table was a magnification of like the what women feel of being looked at. And it's interesting you drop back in the past of like looking at these other women on TV that are not real. And I feel like, I do feel like, I know this is going to, they're dropping me back in a time that you're actually at the table with your family being looked at. This is when you're in childhood. It doesn't matter. But there's there's been other moments in your life because you have that family that's constantly looking at you. Yeah. You know, and so, and so you're constantly that, that level of shame, anxiety, and worry of what you're, if you're pleasing everybody else is huge for you. And it's going to, it's going to take more than one session. And for all women out there, I mean, the, one of the most common things I see is women constantly giving of themselves and of whatever form that is like, let me do everything to please you and make it work for you and not really look at me. Exactly. And I feel for you, it, the, the issue with the food and the insecurity around the food really started, at, for many women, it starts typically when your breasts show, the insecurity of your body, just so we all understand, is like, when our breasts grow, whatever age that is, which it typically is around middle school, right? And I feel like that's mm-hmm. when it started for you, is like, yeah. because that's when people start to look, and this is actually an ancient yogic understanding, is like, that's when men start to look at you. And so that's when you realize you have a body. Does that make sense? Before you yeah. didn't really look in the mirror. Yeah. And so we start to become secure or insecure, typically insecure because of our society, when we, when we get breasts. Because mm-hmm. that's when we're like, why is everybody looking at me? They didn't look at me before. And then, of course, we get our period. And then, of course... Yes. We're trying to balance all those things. And if you get breasts early, you go through the process much earlier. And then on top of that, if you, if, if you have a mother that didn't love herself 
and a grandma that didn't love herself and you look at the yeah. type of food that they're eating. I mean, we, how are we going to get this out of us before we have our next kid? You know, right. like that's, yeah. we have so much work to do, but we can do it. <laughs> so I want you to create like a jar in front of you. Anyone who's listening who can do the same thing at home. And I we're and it's not gonna take one session, it's gonna take you know, this is a it's a lifelong thing, but you first have to recognize it's happening and and all the forms it comes out in. Do you see all these different ways? Being the, yeah. the being looked at and, and not me. feeling comfortable with that. Do you have anything? Literally, yeah. Like I can usually handle a lot of like anxiety, you know, whatever comes up and I usually, you know, snap it back out. I'm like, I'm good, you know. And but yesterday was just like a constant pressure just to like, keep pushing me down and down and down. And like no matter how much I've tried, literally it was like one of the hardest like feelings to go through the entire day. Like it was just a different sense of anxiety and insecurity. Like vulnerability was, was at my highest. Like I, you could have, you could have said something to me, like something very gentle or like something very simple. And I, I was like snapping on everybody. Mm -hmm. It was just, I, yeah. So yesterday was definitely, it came out in the true form and, you know, I did, I did kind of make up that link and I'm like, well, what happened since yesterday to today? And then of course I went back to these questions and I'm like, well, this is what happened. So I started opening up. You, you're going to be opening up a ton. So Katerina, I see you as a child. I want you to close your eyes. Okay. okay. You're with your mother. You're an only child. Yep. And there's a smothering factor and there's a uh, constantly being looked at factor. And there's this, like, it's like the eye is on you. Like, it's like that Greek eye, you know? Like, it's, it's yeah. a constant, like, it's almost like you can't go into your bedroom without your mother coming in and checking on you. Mm-hmm. Um, does that feel true when we say that to yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of, either, you know, either we don't have a mother that's present, we, we yearn for the attachment of the mother, or we can have a mother who's almost too present and it feels like for you in your life you love your mother and you're so grateful for her but man sometimes it's just like give me a break you want to close the door on her sometimes just give a little space does that feel true yes tell me about that so that's very very true even um obviously growing up living at home my mother was always in my business you know I don't know if it's you know, a lot of just how she's grown up and like the traces she's brought down, but it's also Eastern European kind of, um, mothers that are just very, you know, just clingy in your business all the time. And basically, um, she almost had me at a sense of like control that I remember, even if I asked to like go out or like have her drive me somewhere, obviously and, like before I could even drive or like do anything like to hang out with my friends, she would always put this like guilt on me that like, you know, that she had to go out of her way and like drive me and like it was after work and it was the weekend, like she was tired, you know, so she always did that to me. Um, but other than that, you know, she no matter what it was, she constantly had to be in my business. Yeah. So the moment that I remember I went to college, came back and I, uh, obviously had to like move home for a little bit. And it was 
the most horrible time. It was the, you know, I think we're just, obviously I, I was becoming like more stronger person speaking up for myself. And for her, it's just like, she just couldn't, you know, really deal with it. So that was a lot of clashing for us. You know, she constantly wanted to be like, well, what are you doing? Where are you going? What are you this? What is this? And she still does it with me now, but I can, you know, obviously, you know, kind of, it's a phone call away. So sometimes I don't answer, Mm -hmm. but the moment that I could get away and live on my own was like the best moment for me of like breaking free. But it still feels, I mean, so it still feels right now, like what you're doing right now, even by doing this work is it's like, you're drawing the line of who you are and who she is. And it's like, you're, it's like energetically, you're taking a stick in the sand and just being like, but you're not done yet. You're still in the middle of it. It's like, you've gotten half your line and then you're so scared, (laughs) you know, you're like, but I love her, but you haven't done this yet in your life. So this is really big. So you have to work through these issues in yourself and then that line will be drawn, but you'll have a, you're going to heal so much. I promise you. Okay. So what I hear you saying is that since as a child, you're constantly being looked at by your mother and she causes Mm -hmm. a lot of guilt and insecurity in you. Does that feel true? Yeah. And so the guilt comes with you want to do things and then she has to help you, but she, which is really her not really wanting you to go anywhere. Exactly. And, and she's just, she's just making you feel guilty about doing something because she just wants to be with you. And then insecurity is that she's constantly in your face, which isn't necessarily like being praising, you know, it's, yeah, no. it's kind of just like, it would be like she would walk into your room and she would go through your drawers and not ask you if that's appropriate. Yeah. Like there's not a boundary with that. And I'm sure whoever's listening, like you may or may not, I mean, we all have our own mother issues, but before we have a child, we have to work through them because the child basically in your second chakra is there's a lot more than relationships, but you have to clear that area in order for, it will increase your fertility and, and it's an energetic thing and it's not anything practiced in popular medicine, but I promise you it will be in the future. And so (laughs) that's what we're doing here with Katerina. So all those memories, Katerina, of your mom coming in, it's so many. I know it's a lot. So it's, it's like, I want you to just imagine all those memories snap through them and anybody at home who's having issues with their mom, do the same thing. So you're going to create a clear jar right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to throw all those memories into this clear jar. And it's like, and it's, and it's in your heart and in your sake, in the sacrum, you know, and it's that shame, that insecurity you're feeling, you know, of your body always being your, you know, emotional, physical, spiritual body being looked at and being judged, which is what happened to you this week. So pull those memories out. So this is like when you're at the kitchen table, when you come home from dinner, this is when she walks into your room without permission and she looks through your stuff basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see her doing that a lot. I see her, yeah. um, and it's like she, and she is almost the same representation of the people you sat at at work this week. Like you feel small mm-hmm. around her. Yeah. Sometimes. And then you still love her and you can't really leave yet. Does that make sense? So yeah. those other people at work are just kind of bringing up those same things in you. So put all those memories of when she had to drive you around in, when you're in middle school and you're already feeling those insecurity things, you know, the natural things that it's too bad, but our society, you know, puts on us, put it mm-hmm. all in the, in the jar. And it's like pulling it out of your heart. If you even physically need to pull it out with your hands, you can do that or just touch your heart. Okay. 
And every single memory just snapped through. Yeah. And then let me know when you're done. Okay. Okay. So now they want you to go through all the times that men looked at you. When This is when you started having breasts. And you recognized that you were being scrutinized. I mean, mm. And it's hard to even, I mean, it's so many times. It's walking down the street while traveling. It's, yeah. <clears throat> it's in middle school when, when you had breasts all of a sudden, you know, it's when you gained weight and then you lost weight. And you're like, when, when I lose weight, I'm prettier. And when I gain weight, I'm not. And it's all these fake things that are, are those things true? No. Yeah. All those times that you were either and fem and females looking at you. All those times that everybody, am I enough? Even when these people look at me and it's the outward need for love and attention because of the way you look or what you're doing. So if you have any memories you want to talk about, you can say them out loud. Say it just quickly, just go through them and you're going to put them in that jar. Um, so definitely when it all started, I remember a vivid memory that just came back to me. Um, obviously I matured like earlier. Um, and I remember we were all at my family's house and one of my aunts was just like pointed it out. She's like, Oh, like, you know, someone's starting to grow up or something because obviously I started, you know, wearing bras and like getting breasts. But then another time was with my, um, my cousin's boyfriend and basically like it was a year literally in one year you know I saw him and then I saw him again like we were all hanging out he's like you know once again like oh you know like someone's starting to become a little more mature stuff like that and it's like all right and then you know I think just from there on it just always kept you know then that was like more of a judgment on my end I'm like okay well now like you know I'm getting more um you know, and getting more attention here. So, you know, it became a body image to me that always made it a little more insecure about like my, you know, breasts. And then like, of course my like stomach area all the time. Yeah. Where the shame is held. I mean, it's interesting. We're talking about breasts and stomach because that's where you feel shame, right? Yeah. And And so it's so connected to being looked at, you know, when we're not being, we don't even know. I mean, when we get breasts, we don't even think about I didn't really think about it, you know, but yet everyone else is thinking about it. It's a normal I, thing yeah. for us. And it made me so uncomfortable, like so like I'm just like, OK, well, obviously, it's a, this isn't like something out of the norm. <laughs> like, yeah. And it makes you feel like it's it's there's something wrong with you. Yeah. 100%. Which is where a lot of the feminine shame, insecurity and guilt is felt, you know, is constantly being scrutinized and then trying to meet those other people's needs and not really looking at our own. So keep putting all those memories in the jar. Keep going. Yep. I also see some with like having sexual relationships with men earlier, you know, I mean, we'll Mm -hmm. go into sex a whole nother, I mean, well, I'll have a whole nother series on sex because it's so important to remove the relationships from your body. 
And there's specific yeah. meditations for that. If, if anyone has had like a lot of sexual relationships, I have tons of meditations that will get those out. Um, but like, just, it's like having sex with men that you just, not that many, you know, we, we've all done it where we, we sleep with a man and we don't really know them and then we're not going to see yeah. them again. And then we feel shame around that. And then they look at our bodies and are we skinny? Those, that's what they're saying. Get those out. All those memories. Uh, yeah. 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 And then trying, and it's like boyfriends in high school and trying to, to, to meet their needs. They're saying, you know, and, and wanting to fit in with the crowd, get that out. Mm. Do you have any memories around that? Yeah. I am my boyfriend in high school and it was pretty much like my, like from sophomore year to like senior year, I want to say, um, I was like, obviously my first like legit boyfriend and, um, it was a new experience, of course. And I was very, uh, you know, receptive to just like whatever he wanted, you know, I would always just do. And of course, like, you know, I think it was a time of just fitting in and being with friends and he had such a big, um, he was very social and whatnot. So, you know, I always basically just catered to his needs and like how I can fit in and, um, anything I can do. Basically, you know, it's funny. It's just like, and then I remember <laughs> we had this like one breakup. I forget what happened. Honestly, it was just like a big blowout in like a party setting we had. And, uh, I remember the amount of guilt and shame that he put on me. Like I, it almost made me like so upset about myself mm-hmm. and then like, you know, I remember like almost like thinking like, Oh my God, I feel like I should like, you know, hurt myself or punish myself because like I caused this like pain for someone that apparently, you know, at the time I was like, I love, and you know, they're so like mad and disgusted with me. And, you know, I'm just like now looking back at it and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, like shit I go through sometimes. And it's the thing that, I mean, it's the thing that all women go through and it's what we've allowed for so long. And it's, and if, and as there is going to be an upheaval of women that just say, there's no more, I'm not going to pass this on to my, you know, to my children. I will not allow this to happen again. I will not allow like their bodies to be looked at. And so when you get, I mean, it's like, it's like you can look at, we're still going to burn all these things out of you, but as this comes up, it's, we need to teach our future generations that, you know, when they get breasts, we take them into a room and we honor that. We, we celebrate that. And when they have their period, you know, that we teach the father to bring them flowers or, yeah. you know, we make a party of it. And it's not this thing of, of this uncomfortableness around being feminine and yeah. around, you know, having a body and all this shame and guilt. Cause the shame and guilt for us, it, it's often related to the mother and it's all, you know, related to how we look and how others people respond to, you know. Right. who we are and that's where our self-worth comes from so so I'm glad you saw I saw that high school relationship and then I want to make I know there's one in college I don't think you I mean there's obviously it continues it's just the same pattern over I feel yeah. like it's the same the college, thing um over no, and over um obviously there's been some college ones that were just like one you know just like hookups yeah obviously which was what I like related to a lot, you know, just because I'm like, honestly, and like thinking back, I'm like, I don't even know if like I want to hook up, but like, I'm just like doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
so there was that. And then there was a boyfriend in college that um, lasted for, I want to say, like, you know, three years almost. Um, and that was another that that relationship should have never even happened. And, you know, that was a relationship that I look back on, like that really didn't fit any of my he was controlling right it was a little bit yeah. controlling he yeah. was a representation of your mother yeah um it feels like does that feel yeah. true yeah yeah like he very. was kind of in your business a lot but then he turned your his back on you a little bit it feels oh like. yeah yeah it was just like so yeah so there's just, a lot of that. as we could become more awake and as we wake up we'll realize that the people in our lives that are bothering us <laughs> are just representations of people from the past <laughs> You know, yeah. and so in that moment, you couldn't tell because you're still living out. So this is just a I'm, I'm going to say this for everyone who's listening and also for you, because it's pretty interesting to know. So we get programmed from conception until birth. Really, that's the primary program. And then the subconscious also continues until the age of seven. Until okay. the age of seven, we're in the theta brain, which is like the when I'm meditating or you're meditating. Hopefully we're making it to the theta brain because it hits the subconscious. So. What the theta brain does is it's like a video camera. And so basically your whole life up until age seven, until your pineal, you know, it's all related to so many other things I can't get into, but you're, you're uh, everything good or bad. It's not categorized as good as bad or bad. It's just categorized within you. Right. And so your subconscious becomes, you know, full. And then if we don't clean it out with meditation or through a practice or self-inquiry or self-psychology of some sort, we're basically replaying all of those movie scenes all the way the rest of our life. And so these different characters will come in, which is what that boyfriend was. Mm -hmm. It was a character of your mother. And we can, we're not going to go even into the boyfriend because that's a whole full session. Oh, but yeah. Just so you start to see this is funny. And it's almost like as you begin to awaken, you can step back from this reality and be like, oh, my gosh, it's <laughs> funny. You know, like, like, yeah. like, oh, I am being my mom right now. And we all are going to do it until we fully awaken of like, catch yourself, breathe, you know. Yeah. So put that guy that controlling relationship of being, you know, constantly scrutinized and then Mm -hmm. having him, he would walk away from you. It feels like, and and then you would need his attention again. Mm -hmm. And so like for, he kind of like, he's like, did the thing where he would give you attention, give you attention, suck it out of you, then turn away. And then you would need his attention again. And it's that thing. That's what we need with our mothers. It's that primary attachment. And so basically if we don't have, if we have a, the wrong attachment with our mother from birth or from in the womb onward, if we yeah. don't have any attachment at all, we're constantly going to be looking for attachment in other forms. So right. we're going to be reaching out for beer, for alcohol, for a relationship with a boyfriend. We're going to be, you know, if we don't have that bond. But if it's almost too suffocating, we're constantly going to have that too. So that's what that guy was. So put him yeah. in, the, in the bucket. Okay. And then we're going to go back and, I mean, and this is a pattern that's obviously much bigger than keep, we could talk and talk about it, but I want you to go to the moment that just happened yesterday. Uh, yeah. And it's like a fish, they're showing me, it's like you're in a fishbowl and you're the, bowl, yeah. you're the fish and everybody's staring at you at the table, you know? And so how does that, that moment in time, do you see the connection between like that, those emotions and what you felt of being stared at with yeah. With everything else in your life. Do you see that? 
Yeah, I do. Clearly. Anything else you want to talk about with what happened? No, it's just, it literally, it was just like a different feeling I've ever felt before. Like I said, it was a lot more intense for me and it definitely, you kind of said it right away. Like I shriveled up and I, I don't usually, I'm very good about, you know, kind of holding my own ground and like, you know, you know, kind of fixing my anxiety and just like fixing my you know, the moment that I'm feeling, whatever it is. But yesterday was a whole different animal that just like came over me and literally like shriveled up. I felt shriveled up, vulnerable, and just like kicked to a corner, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Put that in the bowl and I want you to burn it with a um, purple flame. Yeah. And anyone who's listening can do the same thing. You can go through your memories and you're going to keep burning as I'm speaking. Yeah. So... What I did this week with Katerina is I sent her a list of questions, which I will say out loud. Bef- I mean, I, I will repeat um, about her body uh, image. You know, what, how does she feel? Has she ever been scrutinized? How does she feel? And so what it, it came up as these, you know, this experience, which it has to kind of come up in a moment of time. So you recognize because when she answered, she's like, no, I don't really think I have any issues of around that. But they they're in our they're in the core of many females on earth. And so we really have to look at our past and all the times we've been looked at the, you know, the relationship we have with ourselves and others. And, and most of us are doing life for other people, not for ourselves. And we're looking at the reaction we get from others and rather than the, what we feel inside about our self-worth. So while burning all these things, you're burning it out of you. And so it won't go to your, you know, children and you're recognizing like, because once you have to see the pattern in order for it to be released and let me know when you're done burning and it's almost like it's like an oozing energy coming out of your heart it's like a Mm -hmm. black oozing energy and your stomach almost your second chakra and your third coming out and just pouring out and just let it just like it's kind of like a like a cup pouring out of you right and then burn all that Mm -hmm. okay and then when it's gone, make sure it's all cleared out. There's no ashes. Yeah. And then I want you to just imagine that your heart and your stomach area is just being filled with a white light. Okay. And all those places in your life, I want you to go back in time. You're, you know, all the way through childhood where your mother's in your bedroom you're at the kitchen table and your parents are talking to you all the way through when you get your breasts, mm-hmm. all these different times that everybody's staring at you and mm-hmm. you recognize you're in your body and you're being scrutinized. Take a mirror and face yep. it outwards to them so that they, it's like their power is so significant. It's like the mirror will push their energy back and you can do that in modern day time too. It's like you put, if you're ever, ever feeling energetically scared, place mirrors facing outwards all around your body so people can see themselves. Okay. That shifted my energy like right away. It's really cool. And it's like, yeah. And we have to remember that all these places and all these memories, they're like little children within us that need to be, you know, helped. And kundalini yoga can get to it really, really fast. And I'll do a whole episode on kundalini yoga. 
because it can do it without talking. And I, I'm not trying to create a therapy session here. I won't go into these memories ever again with her unless they come up really quickly. It's more like I want her to recognize they exist. We, we have her meditate and get them out, you know, so that if they can remove them, but also take care of these little children of these different times in her life that need to needed to be mothered because you're going to become a mother. And so if you're not yeah. fully like whole yourself, so I want you to go back into these moments where you're at the, you know, you're around the age of seven with your family and, and you know, where your mom's constantly coming in and then you want to have freedom and you, and you're growing your body at around, you know, middle of school. And then with these boyfriends into high school and to college. Okay. And I want you to send like an angel or a mother. Like um, I want you to mother yourself in all these moments. Like who would you send to these to these different children in your life and wh- what would you give them for protection? And then so if you start to feel that again, you can go back and and remind them they have this. Um Well, basically, I think, you know, more of an angel. Yeah, I saw an angel too. I'm really glad you yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah, more of an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just, you know, basically what I see is just protection. Um, you know, they cover cover me with their wings and protect me from the outside. Um, it's just, you know, kind of a, a kind of like a little shield of protection to me for me not to, you know, crumble in every situation or, you know, cater in every situation or you know, do something for somebody else and not for my own self. Yeah. And it's, they're also showing like, it's like if you were to have Tinkerbell or like little tiny, beautiful lights inside a little jar, it's like to keep your innocence because what happens to us as a feminine culture is we are losing our innocence at a young age. You know, we're all having our periods younger. We are getting our breasts earlier for whoever knows whatever reasons, bigger reasons than us. And then, you know, we're having sex earlier. We're losing our sex way too. I mean, we all most everyone I know is around, you know, it's still young. We're not, we don't even know what sex is. And then we think we need a boyfriend because other people have a boyfriend and that's what you're seeing on TV. And so all of our innocence, our child innocence was lost. And it's like, I want you to go back in time into the Mm -hmm. little girl whose mom wouldn't leave her alone and she couldn't even have time to play by herself. I want you to go and imagine yourself shutting the door and creating this like beauty because you, you weren't allowed to play imagination long enough. No. And so they want you to imagine like your bedroom as a child is like you have, you have your active fairies playing and your you, it's like you that your safe zone is going to become an imagination safe zone. So anyone who wants to go back in time, and give something to their the little children in them that need to be mothered because all of us have places in time where we need to be mothered. And so as silly as it sounds, my little girl, she's in Big Sur and she's got this great house and she has lots of friends and she's got a really big family in a garden. And it's like, <laughs> that's where she feels. And I, when somebody told me to do this, I was like, this they're nuts. But my gosh, if I go back in time, I feel so much safer if I like mother that little girl. And so for you, Katerina... Mm-hmm. your little girl needed to have more imagination in because your mom didn't give that to you as much as you would want it. Yeah. And so it's like you had to get give that up way too early. And so you can, it's like you are, your world, it's like turns to Peter Pan when she leaves the room. And it's yeah. like, and you needed more of fairy tales and princesses and, and, and playing, you know? And so give yourself that from when you're a little girl. And then as you grow older, 
it's like the angels want to give you this little jar and it's full of this beautiful Tinkerbell light. And that's going to keep, it's like a jar. You can even put one in your room right now. They could actually, I think that's a really good idea. So find a jar. You can put some candles in it or even buy some lights. I think they do that on Pinterest. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it on your side dresser. Okay. Okay. And so, and okay. do that on your side dresser. So I want you to, we're going to talk in a second, but that's going to represent your innocence. Okay. So it's, it's really important that you maintain that, you know, type of innocence and remember, like, it will kind of protect you. And it's like your little light to protect you. And this is going to come up more. We only even just glaze the subject. But I'm so glad you saw that it's not out of you. Yeah, no. You know, no, no. and that you're going to yeah. be scrutinized. Whatever form it is, it's like yeah, huge. So, so and, the, and the belief system, so what we did is we took out the belief system of shame, insecurity, I'm not enough. And we burn those things. And it's like, I, the, the new belief system in you now is I am innocent. I am pure. And then what, do you have anything? That's what I'm hearing. Anything else that's coming up for you? No, that's basically what I'm, you know, it's kind of, you know, speaking to me. I am innocent. I'm pure. Okay. So for everyone listening, if you're trying to have a baby or these are the kind of things, or you're even pregnant or you're even a mother, it's like, get these things out of you so you don't give them to, you don't need to be your mother. None of us need to do it again. Done. No. No, thank you. <laughs> like, it's over. New generation, new time, <laughs> Aquarian age, it's all over. Yeah. So that's what I want everyone in the world to recognize. And so I, if you're trying to have a baby or you even have a baby, you all need to have an altar. And on the altar, so we just started spring, and I don't know when this episode will go up, but you can do it per, you know, the season. You can do it you put on your altar things that remind you of your own devotion to yourself and to something that's higher than you. So if you're wanting to have a baby, you need to start an altar for your child and for yourself for like, it's like for all the children in you, you can have so many altars, but it's like for you, Katerina, it's like you're yeah. healing yourself. So it's, yeah. so it's almost like have your altar and then the altar for your baby. So if I'm working with a woman who's had many miscarriages or who's had, um, she needs to heal those miscarriages. And she, I mean, I make her start an altar for that child to honor that child. And then when she's healed it, she finds that she doesn't need the altar anymore. So if if you're out there listening, you've had a miscarriage, make an altar for the child to honor that child. Don't just let it go. That's not, you know, we're not, we don't need to go there yet or even talk about that for you. But for you, you need to make an altar for yourself and for that little girl you're healing right now. And the beginning of that altar is going to be this light. Yeah. Pin interest light thing. And then you'll start to gather things like things that remind you of like why you're drawing lines in the sand with your family, with your job and why you're setting up new rules of how you're going to raise this child. Okay. And then you can let us know as you go along what you put on that. So on my altar, I have Mary Magdalene, Kuan Yin, um, Green Tara. I have all of these sacred, um, priestesses that I connect with. I have candles. I I try to get the elements going. So I'll put in water. I'll put in, um, an earth, an air, maybe like a feather, something that reminds me of ether, you know, just so the the elements are combined and then just sacred objects that mean something to you and something higher. And it reminds you of devotion. And before we hang up, just a reminder, 
I had had Katerina go over questions about body image, which we're not even going to go. I mean, I'll read. The, I yeah. We don't even need to go through them, really. It was just, I mean, I'll, I'll reread them a little bit here. It was, um, let me find them. I mean, what I really want to go over is your diet first. Um, yeah. Go. And then we'll continue yeah. with the questions around. Okay. Let me just pull up her diet. So this week I had Katerina send in three or four days of her diet. And typically when, if you get pregnant, your doctor will never ask you to do this. It's really sad. A midwife, a good midwife may ask you to do this. You need to have your practitioner do this. Okay. I don't know what is going on with this world, but diet and nutrition is so freaking important. And it's like, they'll send you home with a pill, but they would never ask you what you had for breakfast. And as a practitioner, they're crazy. They're totally nuts because it can heal everything, but it's just, they don't have enough time to do it. And it's just too, because everyone's diet is so bad. They're like, oh, where do I begin? And their diet is right. bad. Yeah. So for like a, an average day for Katerina, she had a banana coffee and a veg, veg shake for breakfast. For lunch, she had gluten-free pasta with sauteed mushroom, onions, and garlic, um, some hummus and some carrots, some chocolate. And then for dinner, she had chicken thighs with green beans, garlic, and mashed potatoes. She had some baked figs, like some cookie baked figs. Yeah. And then some medicinal tea for pregnancy. And then for the next day, it's kind of the same every day. It's like she has a shake, an egg, some coffee. Some, and then for lunch, she has some brown rice with kimchi and cucumbers, seasoned olives and garlic, a fig bar. So she has a little dessert every day and some tea and then, so it's coffee and then tea at lunch. And then for dinner, it's a shrimp taco, some rice crusted fishies and some great tomatoes, liquid amino <laughs> spray. So it's kind of, so what I see with your diet is you've got a lot of healthy things mixed in, but you do do a lot of snacking, Yeah, but, which is fine. I'm a snacker. I get it. It's really, really hard. A lot of women are snackers. Yeah. But if you want, so isn't it amazing when you write down your diet, how yeah, you start to I recognize like, oh, what the yeah. heck you're eating? Yeah. It was actually good. Um, I always tell myself whenever I listen to a podcast or anything and people are like, yeah, you know, I wrote this down. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I eat healthy, so I don't have to write it down. But yeah. like, it's actually like, it's easy to say that when you're listening to a podcast, but when you actually apply it to your own life, just apply it and try it out. And it, it just shifted my consciousness, but not that like, I, you know, always eat bad or anything. Like I'm always pretty like healthy with my diet whatnot, but more of like snacking and just it just made my you know just brought it more to light you know I was like oh wow like this you know yeah how much we what we're eating and I mean yeah I mean so in my book mystical motherhood I go over some basic things about diet but it's what's really important you need to understand and this is in previous podcasts is that what are 74% of women in America do not have the proper nutrients to support a child. And so what happens is you'll have another baby. Probably typically you want to wait three years between children in okay. order to get that nutrients back up, but we don't. Right. Um, so, so we're all completely nutrient deficit because we're not eating whole foods. And so what I want you to do with your diet is mm -hmm. not so I follow um, um, Anthony Williams. 
So there's two different ways of going about this. So because Katerina is trying to get pregnant now, I'm not going to have her do a super cleanse or a, a heavy metal detox. If I was working with a client that was trying to get pregnant in the far future, I would have her do a heavy metal detox and a, and a very, very super, super clean diet and then just maintain that before pregnancy. But you can't do that because you'll get, you don't want to pass on those things to your to the child. It's like, you'll take them out of you too quick. And I, I wouldn't, okay. and it could be, it's like the child would get the dump. So okay. Okay. for you things, if you're willing to do, okay. So I follow, I am, a, I don't like, I, I don't like meat personally. That's a personal thing, but you do eat meat, right? Yeah, obviously not a lot as, um, I, I really just shifted dramatically with me. So it's, if I, if I do, it's, it might just be, um, you know, chicken, but a lot of, you know, any chicken I do get is either if I go to Whole Foods here or just like a fresh farmer's market that we have that come up on the weekends. Yeah. Um, with your food, if you're trying to get pregnant, if you can afford it, try to go organic and, or local. And it's, I can't tell you how important it is. If you can't get all the heavy metals out, um, because the heavy metals are passed down from each generation to each generation, and it's maybe it's not affecting you, but I guarantee in two generations it's going to affect a child. Right. It's going to be a huge health crisis. I know it in the future, and I believe that's what's also causing the infertil- inf- rise in infertility is our the yeah. amount of chemicals and stuff that we're getting in. So just avoid as many chemicals as you can right now. Mm-hmm. Change out all of your. It's worth the money for you. Change. I mean, if you can, one at a time. So like instead yeah. of using. Um, the really, really toxic stuff to clean your house, just use lemon water. I promise it's okay. Yeah. Unless you really yeah. need it, you know, like. No, I actually switched a lot of that. Like yeah. my dishwasher, my cleaning supplies. The only things deter laundry detergent I didn't do. But even like my shower, my bath stuff, my, um, you know, as much makeup as I can and perfumes. Yeah. You know. Great. So that's a good, and yeah. I mean, I don't want to make anyone the the least the the I don't want anyone to get neurotic <laughs> ever <laughs> ever ever don't become a weirdo about this stuff it's everywhere <laughs> but just try to do what you can do and I'm all about adding like doing one thing at a time if you try to do it all at once you're gonna freak out yeah and you're yeah. gonna be like this is impossible so like I I'm all about one thing at a time so for you y- y- you can add a lot more fruits and vegetables in and okay. so Anthony Williams says eat fruit to be to to create fruit and this isn't I mean I've been on other podcasts where like well do you have scientific research to back that up and I'm like no but I have intuition and I have and I (laughs) and I have trust and because it makes a lot of sense to me there's a lot of fear out there that fruit causes too much sugar I think fruit is healing and I think it's powerful and I think that the things we eat create the vibration inside of us and so the more that humanity begins to awaken I mean, you said you stopped. It seems like you were eating a lot more meat, and all of a sudden you kind of stopped, right? Yeah. So yeah. the more you awaken, the more you'll probably not eat as much meat. That's just yeah. the way it is. Because if you're trying to become pregnant out there and you're having, for no identifiable reason, you can't become pregnant, stop eating meat. Because what happens with the meat is you're eating the um, high cortisol stress hormone of the animal, and you're yeah. bringing that into your body. If you're still choosing to eat meat, that's fine. I'm not, either way, there's always going to be a crowd, but make sure your meat is slow, slow cooked. Make sure that you're, you know, it, it actually has that high nutrient density in it, like slow cook it. So you get that 
you know, that deep, do it right if you're going to eat it and eat it from, and make sure you go back to the source of where the meat's from. So how was the animal killed? Is it filled with antibiotics? Where Mm -hmm. is the source? Like, where did it actually come from? Things you have in here are fried. Yeah. And I'm going to say something that's not on the textbooks. Yeah. And it's not out there yet. Uh-huh. But a long time ago, they would allow women to drink while pregnant. And the because they didn't think fetal alcohol syndrome was related to alcohol. Right. And then finally, it took I don't know how many years and how many deformities of the child for them to say, oh, it's not a good idea to drink while you're pregnant. I believe yeah. that with sugar and with... Um, vegetable oil, which is sunflower oil, anything uh, made from vegetables, they're going to find the same thing in the future. And just because the government says something's really, really safe doesn't mean it's safe. We are, you know, gun control is a really, really good example. So if vegetable oil is super hard to, to remove, but it's just like become a little bit more, you know, because it's in everything. It's in all the fried things, right? Yeah. So it's canola oil, vegetable oil, sunflower oil, safflower, and then um, grapeseed. So try to replace that with really good fat. So fats are not something to be afraid of. Fats are so good for you. So like add more nuts in and coconut oil. Nuts is, you need those nuts and you need those omega threes. Mm -hmm. And the reason why with vegetable oil is it, it breaks down your immune system. It breaks down the cells within you. It, okay. it sugar is the number one thing that causes aging and causes the breakdown of like it's like it it and also vegetable oil. If if anybody has stomach problems or has gastritis, and your practitioner hands you a pill, stop eating vegetable oil, and you'll have an, a complete difference. So one thing, if you really want to like clean out your system, that you can do that's really healthy before having a baby is celery juice in the morning. Okay. If you have a um, blender, start to do celery juice. It will heal your gut. It'll hydrate you. It'll balance your body and kind of alkalize your system. Yeah. Okay. And um, clean your skin up. Celery. Celery. So I can just juice it? I give it to all my clients. It'll change your life. Yes. Okay. If you have a juicer, do like, I do like... You can do eight, eight to 16 ounces as, as, you know, as much as you want on an empty okay. stomach in the morning. Perfect. Okay. So, I mean, take what you want out of this. Even if you were just yeah. to take one thing, start there. So what, just to repeat what I said to her is add more fruits, not fruits yeah. and then vegetables like raw. I said to remove vegetable oil and sugar if she can, or if you do sugar, maybe just pick like the dark chocolate one, you know, cause yeah. all of us need a little treat. And, and vegetable oil is really, really hard. So just just know that yeah. when you get those trans fats in you, they know how to multiply. So even a little bit will multiply. And I, I believe in the future they're going to say, don't eat the Because this is a new product. It's only been out for like 50 years. And right. it controls our economy. So it's controlled by some of the biggest corporations in America. So no one's going to tell you what's unhealthy yet on the level it right. is. Thank you so much for joining Episode 6 with Katerina. As you can see, we went into a lot of really, really interesting issues. And if you're trying to become pregnant or you know someone who's becoming pregnant or you've already had your children, these are things that we should all work through so that we don't pass on these issues around body image and 
eating to our children because it's time to clean up, clean up our own act and clean up the world. So if you like this podcast, please subscribe. If it helped you, please tell a friend and you can find us on mystical motherhood. You can purchase my book on mystical mystical motherhood on Amazon. You can find us on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. I look forward to having you here next week.